This is three and five on SLC Management Podcast. Hi, everyone, and thanks again for dialing in to this episode of three and five. My name is Steve Peter. I'm president of SLC Management, and today I'm really pleased to be joined by Andy Kleeman, who runs our private placement team in the United States. Andy, thanks for joining today. Thank you, Steve. Andy, there's a lot of talk in, about alternative credit in today's market, but the traditional private placement market has been around for decades. Could you give everybody a brief explanation of this market? What kind of deals are financed in the private placement market? Who are the main investors that you see uh, in private placements today? Well, Steve, there's a wide variety of deals in the market. The private placement market excels when an issuer needs a customized financing solution. Both public and private companies issue in the market. Private companies may not have ratings or may simply prefer to keep the financials out of the public eye. An example would include the major sport leagues in North America. These transactions can be either club-level financings or league financings, but are typically backed by the media contracts that the leagues have negotiated with their network partners. We also see stadium or arena financings. These deals typically have contracted revenue from naming rights and advertising, as well as contracted revenue from premium box sales. There are also projections for concessions, parking, and non-team events such as concerts. Some issues want to know their lenders. A great example of this would be the major accounting firms, which want to avoid the perception of a conflict of interest that could exist by having a borrower-lender relationship with a client that they audit. Public credits also access the market for a variety of reasons. Sometimes a public credit has a story. The private market is well-known for detailed underwriting and a willingness to underwrite through short-term headwinds. There's a wide variety of structured deals and project financings as well. A prime example of this would be a wind or solar power, where a utility has a long-term power purchase agreement that combined with conservative power generation forecast offers cash flows that comfortably cover the debt. As far as participants, the private placement market has developed from the investment demands of life insurance companies in the United States. The investor base has expanded in recent years to include other types of insurance companies and pension funds as well. Yeah, you mentioned some specific examples, Andy, of why specific issuers might want to go to the private placement market as opposed to public markets. But you know, some of these deals can be quite large, even measured in billions. So for an issuer that has a big deal to do, that is certainly big enough for the public markets, you know, why would they choose to go into the private markets as opposed to offering investors a publicly registered deal? Well, Steve, one of the appeals of the market is, again, the focus on being a solution to the issuer. This could include delay funding tranches in a deal. Uh, perhaps issuers don't have ratings or maybe a single rating that wouldn't match the public markets. Uh, we also see a lot of non-US dollar denominated tranches, as well as amortizing or non-standard tenors that a company might want. For example, a European-based company that wants to issue in US dollars, but isn't well known in the US public bond market, they might get better execution in the private placement market. Uh, sometimes the private placement market is just the flat out best solution. An example would be a, a developer has an agreement with an internet retailer to develop a distribution center backed by a 20-year lease. The lease has put all the operating expenses to the tenant. As a lender, we are secured by the facility and an assignment of that lease. The debt will fully amortize based on the contracted lease payments from the publicly related internet retailer. Typically, these would price 50 or more basis points wider than the public credit of the lessee. So you get the exposure to the same public credit at an exceptional yield, as well as collateral and critical infrastructure to the lessee. But the developer does not have access to those public markets, leaving the private placement market as the best solution. You know, SLC management and the team that you run has been a participant in the private placement market for decades. And at the same time, SLC management is a big investor in the public corporate bond markets. 
And when you think of this from an, our client's point of view, from an investor point of view, what are some of the pros and cons as clients think about allocating to the private placement markets versus the public bond markets? Well, we see six main benefits to private placements. The first is diversification, credits that you can't access in the public bond market that can dramatically improve your diversification. Secondly, the access to management during the underwriting and throughout the life of the deal is very valuable. A long-term performance of private placements is tied to the third and fourth advantages, covenants and collateral. Covenants get us back to the table while there's still substantial value if a credit deteriorates. Collateral offers protection against loss in the worst case scenarios. The fifth benefit is smaller lender groups, which really streamline negotiations during any period of credit underperformance, particularly when it's a buy and hold investor base where everyone bought at par. But most importantly, the additional yield is a huge advantage to having an allocation of private placements. At SLC Management, we've achieved spread premiums exceeding 70 basis points to comparable public investment grade bonds over each of the last five years. As far as downside, there's really two hurdles to investing in private placements. Most investors are very concerned about illiquidity. In reality, the lack of trading is because the investor base, primarily U.S. life insurance companies, don't want to sell. When bonds are available in a secondary trade, they typically trade at reasonable prices if it's a performing credit. Operationally, private placements are more burdensome. These transactions do not DTC settle in three days. It makes sense to hire an advisor who has been in the market and develop the operational capability to manage that aspect of the investment. Thanks, Andy. One final question before I let you go on a, of a more of a personal nature. I know you've got the unique experience of prior to getting into the investment business, having spent many years as a submarine officer in the U.S. Navy, something that uh, most people will never experience. Is there anything about being uh, serving on a submarine that has helped you as you've transitioned over the years to the investment role that you're in now? I appreciate the question, Steve, and I'm really proud of the service and, and people I serve with in the service as well. I think it certainly has, for one thing, the work ethic and demands required to be a, a young officer in the Navy is really exceptional. The level of responsibility that you get at a very young age, and frankly, the leadership opportunities that you get at a very young age as well, allow you to continue to hone kind of the leadership and management style. You also develop an affinity for when things just don't look right, <laughs> and that judgment offers a lot of, of value. But just the work ethic alone, I think it is worth a lot. And it's so funny when I first got into the investment world and heard people, you know, in their day-to-day -day work complaints, I kept thinking about how happy I was to have a window and to breathe 21% oxygen, uh, which is just not available on, on submarines. And uh, even when people complain about bureaucracy, it's clear they've never uh, operated a naval nuclear reactor. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of benefits to being out as well as the time that I spent in. Well, you and your team, I think, are known for having a high uh, attention to detail. And I assume that on a submarine, it's uh, even a higher level of attention to detail that you've got to have. So it's essential. Uh, I appreciate the experience. Thanks so much for your time, uh, Andy. And thanks to everyone for listening to this episode of 3 and 5.